Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amanda Man Games podcast. This is episode 23 of my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. I know I've been a little off when it comes to my my podcast schedule. It's been going here and there. But of course, I'll be kind of setting up a better schedule in the coming weeks. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to discuss because the Xbox Game Showcase just happened uh, last week or just kind of the week before that. Uh, Julian and I on this podcast discussed what we thought would happen, what we, what our thoughts were in general about the Xbox brand. So we will be getting together again this week to discuss the Xbox Games Showcase. So you'll be getting two episodes this week for so that I can make up for not posting anything last week. Uh, but I'll quickly go over just some quick thoughts. I don't want to go too deep into it because I want to I want to save that conversation for for when Julian and I jump on this podcast and and record this episode. Uh, for just focused on the Xbox brand and the, and the showcase, uh, but yeah, like in my, I think in my case, one of the, my main things I I kind of posted about this on Twitter as well. Uh, I really liked Halo Infinite. That's I think the main thing that I am excited for. Um, but I think it it kind of solidified my thought that I don't need an Xbox Series X. Unfortunately, I don't need to go out and get a new console from the Xbox side. And because, especially because I have a PC, but it does kind of reaffirm that, you know, Xbox Game Pass is honestly the best deal in gaming. It is if you have a gaming PC or if you already have an Xbox, like you, you should have a Game Pass. I, I, you should ha- you should be subscribed to it. Just the amount of games and the amount of games that we know is coming to the Game Pass in between like now and, and when the new console launches. Um, I think one of the one of the games was the Don't Nod game that's coming out pretty soon. There were a number of other ones. I think even Dragon Quest Eleven, that is finally coming to the Xbox side. It's always been on the PlayStation side. I, I think it was on PC as well and also the Nintendo Switch. But it finally is coming to the Xbox side. And on the Xbox side, you know, like now you're getting it straight onto Game Pass. It's not like you have to go out and buy the game. You just subscribe to Game Pass and you're and you're set. So they have kind of they have kind of done a good job to set up these deals and stuff like that with with different companies. So th- in that way, I think it, it is definitely worth getting game pass or even just trying it for a little bit and seeing how you feel and then maybe you know unsubscribe if you want and a a new game comes up on the game pass service and then you want to try that game out and then subscribe again right but i I think at the end of the day yeah like you definitely need to be part of this game pass thing like it it is i i've i've been i'm just surprised that whenever i talk about it to some people people who have uh, gaming pcs or people who even had an xbox in general and how they didn't know about a game pass they don't know what it was or you know because marketing wise xbox is doing a great job and it might be just people on my side it's not like you know this is like a a wider thing because you can't generalize to everyone else but uh but just based on what i was talking to my friends um you know i had to kind of convince them that hey don't trust me try try game pass out and then once they did they were like wow wait you can play all these games and you just pay this much per month and i think initially they still have like a few deals i don't know if it's everywhere but in canada I think they still have like a few deals going on where you can pay like a dollar for Game Pass Ultimate or something like that. And, and you know, you can obviously continue paying the, the full amount later on, but still it was really good, you know? So I think it, it's, I think as long as you have Game Pass, again, 
I see like the thing is if I was someone who didn't have a gaming PC, right? I don't know even at that point. I kind of have to I kind of look at look at it that way because I'm like if I have a gaming PC that's fine, right? I have a gaming PC, that's probably why I'm able to kind of look at this and say, "You know what? I don't need I don't need to get an Xbox. I don't need to get a Series X or anything like that." Right? I have a gaming PC that's already pushing the limits. Um, worst case, I might get a new GPU, which I probably don't need. I have an RTX 2080 already. Um, you know, that's, that's just me spending money for the sake of spending money, which is not good. But like, you know, I, I like, I, I'm like, okay, I already have a pretty good gaming PC. So in terms of what the tech can do, I know my gaming PC can handle that. Um, like if, if I didn't have a gaming PC, would I want to get an Xbox Series X? And at that moment, Halo Infinite is there and Halo Infinite looks really good but it's going to be coming out at the same time as the PS5. And like, for me, I'm like, okay, if I have to choose between Halo Infinite and PS5 and PS5, if they have cool games like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, maybe Ratchet and Clank, you know, maybe in a couple of months after that, we'll get Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, I just see, just thinking about that versus, you know, the stuff that was announced at the Xbox showcase with most of the cool games, games like single player games that we are like pretty, pretty interested in kind of being shown as coming out a lot later on, in a way, they don't no release dates, but just CGI trailers. You kind of go like, okay, for the next couple of years, there's really no need for me to even think about purchasing Series X if I don't have a PC. That is, I have a gaming PC, so I'll be able to play Halo Infinite Day One. I have an Xbox One X, so I can be I can play Halo Infinite Day One, right? So I think like that way, it, it kind of makes up for it in, in that sense. So I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to be talking to other people. Who I'm going to be talking to Julian, who is more on the Xbox side. He loves the Xbox brand, so it'll be interesting to to, to hear his thoughts. Um, and of course, I'm going to be talking to my friends on my end as well, and kind of like you know, just going to bring up or br- bring to the to the podcast some sort of like general research I can do amongst my gamer friends and see what they're thinking, what their thoughts are. Uh, so we can obviously move on from that. We'll talk more about the Xbox Game Showcase in depth later this week, uh, and I'll be posting that later this week as well. So we're going to move on into uh, of the first news item. I, I kind of broke up the um, the way I'm kind of doing the, the, the episode. So we, we'll still do news, uh, but we're going to be going down. Uh, we're, do, we're going to be doing a, a new section uh, that I think will be cool for this podcast, uh, just for my own podcast. Kinda, I want to kind of put this in there. I think, it'll be, I think it'll be fun. So we'll try it out for, for a couple of weeks and see how we feel. And yeah, I'll, we'll see how it goes. But we'll go back to the news. So the first thing is, this was kind of making the rounds apparently, um, so as most of us know, the new generation of consoles coming out uh, pretty soon. So uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X are both contracted or are, have contracted AMD to produce their GPUs, uh, their CPUs and stuff like that. So the previous generation of uh, the GPUs that just came out from um, from AMD were RDNA 1, I believe. That's it's just like a, 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 like a name given to them. Um, you know, obviously it's like the same as iPhone one, iPhone two, kind of like that, right? So it's like RDNA one, but uh, and the, and the new one that's coming out soon, uh, which is called the Navi GPU for AMD, uh, it, it is referred to as RDNA two, and it is believed that I think I think Xbox has confirmed this. It is believed that Xbox has RDNA two GPUs in their in their Xbox Series X, but apparently it's been kind of making the rounds because some software engineer uh, at Sony uh, mentioned that that the, the new GPU that's being used in the PS5 is actually a middle ground between RDNA 1 and RDNA 2. So that obviously kind of got a lot of people riled up. So this is just com- this is coming from Multiplayer.it by Tommaso Puglies and Simone 
Tagliaferri. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering those names. I, I know I am. I'm, I apologize. The architecture of PS5 is not pure RDNA 2, but a middle ground between RDNA 1 and 2. To say it with great clarity was Rosario Lenardi, Sony engineer working on the new generation console. Hi everyone, it's 5am and I spent the whole night playing Ghost of Tsushima. Tomorrow I will check with which detail has been disclosed, wrote Lenardi in a private message that was shared on social networks by his interlocutor. I have no idea what that is. I have no idea what that is. The, the, the site was translated on my end from Google, so there must be like a lot of words that's kind of all over the place. But still, we'll get the main, main gist of it. I know you are curious, but I'm legally bound and I cannot say anything that is not already public. As you know, the architecture of PS5 is a middle ground between RDNA 1 and RDNA 2 with some unique features. Um, inevitably ended in a midst of fierce controversy as I was kind of bringing it up. So I think he kind of responded to all the controversy because it was kind of making the rounds. Um, RDNA, R, so then he kind of talked about it. RDNA 2 is a commercial theme to simplify the market. Otherwise, GPUs with completely random features would come out and it would be difficult for the average user to choose, wrote Lenardi. For example, support for ray tracing is not present in any AMD GPU currently on the market. The PlayStation 5 GPU is unique. It cannot be classified as RDNA 1, 2, 3, or 4. It is based on RDNA 2, but it has more features and it seems to me one less. That message turned out badly. I was tired and I shouldn't have written the things I wrote. Obviously, it's kind of, I mean, based on the initial message because they're saying, first he said it's the middle ground between RDNA 1 and 2. And seeing the backlash, I think at that point, you know, he also kind of just was like, okay, no, it actually, it, it means that it's not RDNA 1, 2, 3, 4. It's not either of them, right? But the fact that he wrote, like, obviously, you, I, you know, I love Sony. I love Sony and PlayStation in general, but I, I, will, I will hold them to it when if they make a mistake, something like that. In this case, it does seem that it is between RDNA 1 and 2. This is just my opinion. Obviously, it could not be, right? Like, it could be RDNA 3, 4, whatever. It could be a random thing. But just based on this, like, you can't, uh, you can't say that the something is in between RDNA 1 and 2 and then say, oh, no, actually, I meant that it's none of them. It's actually RDNA 1, 2, 3, 4. It could be any of them because there's features there. There's features that aren't there, right? And I and I love how it's like, oh, there's just one less feature, but everything else, there's like added to it, right? So technically, it, but as he wrote that, it's like, okay, no, but technically that's still in between RDNA 1 and 2. So um, that's obviously kind of big because just because... Uh, we already knew that the GPU for the PS5 was not as um, teraflop heavy. I, obviously, I don't like using teraflop as a as a way to kind of uh, de uh, decide or or talk about how powerful a, a GPU is. Just because of we we if uh, if anyone does any research on it, teraflop is like not a good way to determine how powerful a GPU is. But you know, just in terms of that, just kind of just because that's kind of been the main thing that we've been talking about and stuff in general in the past as well. Um, we know that it is not as powerful as the Xbox Series X GPU. And we know that Xbox Series X GPU is an RDNA 2. So when they say that this is obviously not as powerful and this is not even RDNA 2, it's kind of in between, um, that is saying a lot, right? That's kind of already setting a precedence that, okay, this is actually not as powerful as we might think it is. Not, not that, I'm not saying that we're not gonna get some really good, like my friend has a RDNA 1 GPUs and he's able to run a lot of games over 100 FPS at 1440p, stuff like that. So it's not like, you know, it's not like it's, it's a bad GPU in any way. Um, but I'm thinking of it in terms of price. I'm thinking of it in terms of that maybe, maybe Sony is doing this so that they can actually reduce the price heavily compared to 
the Series X because Xbox will obviously try to undercut Sony, but they can only undercut it by so much, right? Com- considering how powerful their GPU is. Um, so that's kind of why I was thinking that maybe they chose this so that they can they can uh, go for that really intense SSD and still be able to undercut uh, Xbox Series X quite heavily. So we'll see what happens with this. This is just speculation and stuff like that. We don't have an official word from Sony, just like, you know, leaks and stuff like, and the engineers just kind of talking about stuff at 5 a.m. in the morning or whatever. So we'll see what happens. Talking about Ghost of Tsushima, awesome news. Uh, This is coming from GameIndustry.biz by Brendan Sinclair. Ghost of Tsushima sold through 2.4 million copies in its first three-day sale uh, on sale, Sony announced today. The Samurai Action Game from Sucker Punch is now the fastest-selling new intellectual property from Sony this generation, the company said. Sony didn't indicate what game Ghost of Tsushima toppled for that title, but 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn is a likely candidate, having sold 2.6 million copies in its first week week on sale. uh, While atop the list of original IP, Ghost of Tsushima still fell far short of the sales of some PS4 exclusives based on established franchises such as God of War, which sold 3.1 million uh, uh, copies in its first three days. Spider-Man sold 3.3 million in its first three days. Final Fantasy VII Remake sold 3.5 million in its first three days. And The Last of Us Part Two sold 4 million in its first three days. So that's already, that's amazing that this is already doing better than Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, can you imagine Horizon Zero Dawn Going into this next generation is, you know, a, a huge franchise. You, we've already seen a trailer of the new game that's coming out. People are hyped. It's like they're the game that they want to, other than Spider-Man, of course, the game that people want to be excited about, uh, that they want gamers to be excited about when looking to purchase, you know, the PS5. So Ghost Tsushima is already, you know, at that point of Horizon Zero Dawn, if not better, you know, and, and like concerning all the stuff that I'm hearing and also my experience with the game, it is an amazing game. I love this. You know, I had my, I had my my whole thing with Last of Us Part Two where I I loved the game, but then also like you know the story wise, I was like why like you know why why couldn't we do this whole story in in Last of Us Part Three? Why does it need to happen now? Why can't we build up towards it? You know, like some sections, I'm like why can't we shift the section here? Shift this like I had just issues with the structure of the story, um, but you know like I, I was I still like really like that game. But Ghost of Shima throughout the entire game is just constantly surprising me the environment, the gameplay, and how fun it is. Like, it's, I think also because I love Sekiro, right? And I'm just kind of craving more Sekiro in some sense. And this game is just so brutal and just so fun. Uh, the story is awesome. That voice acting is great. And I'm just like so invested in the game that I'm I'm, I'm so happy. I think this is right now. My, Ghost of Tsushima is definitely my game of the year so far. I haven't faced the game yet, but I'm going to platinum the game for sure. And I'm, I'm really, really liking it. So moving on. Microsoft has officially decided to halt production of its Xbox One X and Xbox One S all digital edition consoles. So this is coming from Tom Warren from The Verge. Microsoft is officially halting production of its Xbox One X and Xbox One S all digital edition consoles. As we ramp into the future with Xbox Series X, we're taking the natural step of stopping production on Xbox One X and Xbox One S all digital edition says a Microsoft spokesperson in a statement to The Verge. Xbox One S will continue to be manufactured and sold globally. Uh, this kind of makes sense, but I'm obviously a little surprised because um, maybe actually no, actually no, never mind. Uh, I was going to think about it in terms of, you know, how all these consoles or the, the new console will have all these games, all these exclusives, including Halo Infinite for the next couple of years um, that will be coming on 
the Xbox One consoles and also the Xbox Series X consoles. So maybe they're obviously gonna, they, you know, Xbox One S is kind of in the middle ground. It's not like pushing the limit like Xbox One X is. So, but like it's still, you know, you can still play all your Xbox One games on it. Um, but I'm assuming that they're removing Xbox One X um, as a way to incentivize people to kind of go for the Series X instead. Um, I don't know if it means that I have an Xbox One X. I don't know if it means that when Halo Infinite comes out, I'm going to be playing on my PC. But if I do play it on my Xbox One X, um, they won't have a, a, an Xbox One X patch ready for it. You know, I don't know if that's what it's kind of trying to imply that, look, we're going to have an Xbox Series X version of Halo Infinite. And then we'll have like a base Xbox One version, you know, and then if you have an Xbox One X or whatever, like that's fine. But you'll just be playing that base version with like that frame rate, that resolution and whatnot, you know, maybe upscale, something like that. I don't know if that's kind of what the implication is, but I can understand this in, in terms of what they're trying to do because they are releasing Xbox Series X, which will be their main main premier console, which is kind of replacing Xbox One X, right? And I think on top of that, we, we have been hearing rumors about Xbox Locker, like a, a cheaper, uh, you know, more toned down version of Xbox, uh, the Xbox Series of consoles. So it's possible that they want to remove the digital edition one because they are going for a digital edition with that. They don't want to have Xbox One S digital edition and then Xbox Series S digital edition. You know, like just, it'll just make the market too much. I think it makes sense to have Xbox Series X, Xbox Lockhart or digital edition, whatever it is. And then Xbox One S, which is the old Xbox One, whatever, you know, you, that you can still buy and still use. So it, it kind of makes sense overall. Well, I, I'm still, I'm still interested to see um, what their game plan is when it comes to all of this and you know when they hopefully when they get more information about it uh, August seems like will be a big month when it comes to release information or just information in general for these consoles but who knows I'm, I'm pretty excited about it but let's see the next one is coming from The Verge again from Tom Warren Microsoft is planning to launch its game streaming service currently known as Project X Cloud free to its paying Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers in September so this is actually really good. I'm a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber at the moment because I have an Xbox and I have a PC. Um, I don't know what it means for people who have a PC only, you know, like like do, I, or do they need to go to Game Pass Ultimate because they don't have an Xbox One, right? So it's not like they'll be able to take full advantage of it. Um, but I guess it's only if you really want the Project X Cloud, I guess. But I, I, I'm sure they'll work on the, the pricing at some point. But this is really good. Um, the xCloud service will allow Xbox players to play games on mobile devices or even start a game on the consoles and resume it on their phone or tablet. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate combines Xbox Live Access and Xbox Game Pass subscription and, uh, and starting in September, xCloud game streaming into a single $15 monthly subscription. Microsoft is promising that more than 100 Xbox Game Pass titles will be playable on a phone or tablet when the streaming service launches. So this is really great. I think... I think for so many people who ne weren't aren't sure about getting an Xbox or the Game Pass or whatever, you know, and, and just want to try out the service in general, I think this is the best way to get into it. Just get it, get the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for a month or two. I'm sure there'll be deals like last time, like all the other times. Get on the service, go on xCloud, play the games and, and stuff that you want to try. Try it out, see if you enjoy the games, and then, you know, that can help you make a more informed decision. Um, I think there we've, we've there have been rumors going around that um, Xbox Live Gold will also be kind of taken off in general. So that that if they do that, that, that would be pretty amazing. I would be really happy if Microsoft actually makes that move and finally makes playing online free, which it should be because, you know, like I've been playing the games on, on my PC and stuff and I don't pay to play online. It's 
uh, you know, and it's it's obviously I I don't believe this whole thing of like oh you, you, we need the extra money to keep the servers or like to make sure you have the best experience. It's like no, like how why is this not an issue on the PC? Like I'm not paying for this stuff on the PC and everything is fine. You know, it's 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 just a way for them to, like because Xbox Live has been doing it for a while and I remember I would always get like these because I had a PS3 and an Xbox right and I would always get this thing about oh no Xbox Live is way better than than PSN or the PlayStation version of it and I'm like like I'm like okay I get what you're saying but like what part of it because when I play online on my PlayStation I it's it, I play online like I'm just playing the game online I'm playing Call of Duty I'm playing Battlefield I'm playing Mortal Kombat I'm playing all this game online I, even when I was streaming. Mortal Kombat and stuff on my PlayStation or FIFA and stuff like that. I was just playing online and everything was fine. So when and like on Xbox Live, on the other hand, you know I'm playing Halo Five, Master Chief Collection online, stuff like that, and I'm like, that's fine. Like I'm so confused as to why people keep saying, oh, Xbox Live is definitely you know much better than the the PlayStation uh, network or whatever. And I'm like, wait, okay, I I get what you're saying. Like I get that's your statement, but what does that mean? Like you know practically, like what does that mean? Does that mean that? the the ping is really high on the PSN side. Does that mean that like I lag? Like if it, if that's like like I haven't noticed any lag. Like you know, for me like there's like no difference between my online playing experience. You know, especially for someone like myself who does play both consoles online quite extensively. I've been playing a lot of Halo Five recently. I guess because Halo's just been everywhere. But you know, I've been playing a lot of Halo Five. And on the PlayStation side, of course, you know, I also jump, I jump on to play with Warzone with some of my friends or even Mortal Kombat. I, I mean, I, I am trying. Obviously, I feel like I, people have seen me play that game on Twitch and I've got lucky in a few games, but I have been kind of trying on the side to kind of slowly keep getting better. And I've never had any, you know, ping issues or anything like that. And, you know, over the years on my PlayStation, I've played all these Call of Duty games, all Battlefield games, stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm just, I, I like, if anyone knows, if anyone, like, wants to help me understand please like tell me i'm i'm more than willing to learn i just i really want to know why people keep saying that or I, at least why that was said uh, before at least um the next one comes again about xbox game pass xbox game pass is unlikely to be on the switch and playstation this is coming from matt perslow from ign xbox boss phil spencer has played down the potential of xbox game pass being available on nintendo and sony systems despite the company having previously stated it was a long-term goal to bring the service to all platforms. Talking to GameStar, Spencer said, the thing about other gaming console platforms is we're not able to bring a full Xbox experience on those platforms. In places where we have brought a full Xbox experience, like what we're doing now on mobile phones with xCloud, coming to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and what we've done with PC, we know when somebody is playing one of our Xbox games, there is an expectation that they've got their Xbox Live community, they have their achievement, Achievements, Game Pass is an option. The first party library is completely there, Spencer said. The other competitive platforms really aren't interested in having a full Xbox experience on the hardware. Okay, like, I mean, I understand what he's saying. This this is sounding to me a lot like when Sony was so against the whole crossplay thing and they would kind of, kind of come out with their like PR statements about how they want to protect everyone and make sure people aren't like, you know, uh, messing with their community or whatever which was like a really weird thing and we obviously knew that it wasn't that it was literally them kind of containing the money that they can earn from games like fortnite only to their thing so they don't want people from the xbox side playing with playstation users and then buying stuff on the xbox platform then microsoft is making money you know like it i don't know it, this is i i think it's basically like if you just kind of rip out the pr speaking from all that it's basically that they were they might have talked to nintendo they might have talked to playstation or sony and they were either wanting money from Microsoft for every 
they they were either asking for like a higher percentage for each like subscriber or whatever um or xbox was or microsoft was asking for more integration of xbox live and achievements onto their platform so saying that okay we'll bring game pass and you know the money stuff is fine whatever we've dealt with that but we want every psn user or ps plus user to have like an achievement thing or and the same for nintendo switch right for nintendo and maybe that's the thing that kind of broke down the, the negotiation, right? From what I can tell from all this talk, it's definitely not, it not. Don't believe this thing about oh, we can't bring the whole full experience. Like no, like you, if you you can if you can bring XCloud and Xbox Game Pass to a mobile phone, like how you stated in the in the thing, you can bring it to the other console. Like I, that's that's all I'm gonna say. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move away from that. I don't wanna. I I, I know I know Julian will Julian will. Uh, will get back at me <laughs> coming from the Xbox side in the next episode. Um, the next article, again, coming from IGN, multiple Assassin's Creed games reportedly scrapped or minimized female lead roles uh, before release. This is coming from Joe Scrabble from IGN. A new report on Ubisoft's history of internal abuse and sexism includes allegations that plans for leading female characters in multiple Assassin's Creed games were scrapped or minimized due to a perception that games won't sell without a strong male lead. In a wide-ranging report by Bloomberg, much of it focused on the company's executives. Anonymous, uh, anonymous Ubisoft employees explained that Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Origins, and Odyssey were all affected prior to release. Syndicate script reportedly originally gave equal screen time to twin leads, Jacob and Evie, uh, but was altered to include more of Jacob. The original plan of, for Origins was to have lead character Bayek in, incapacitated or killed early in the game, with his wife Aya becoming the lead character after that event, but this was prevented with Aya becoming a side character. Odyssey's team originally pushed for that game's Cassandra to be a sole lead character, but was told that wasn't an option and were forced to institute the choice to play as a sibling Alexios. This makes a lot of sense because I, I play as Cassandra in, in um, Odyssey and I've been hearing the same thing that playing as Cassandra, her voice acting, everything was so much better versus uh alexios and and that side of the story and i'm so glad that automatically my instinct was because i think that a lot of the gameplay and stuff we saw was with cassandra and i was like this just makes sense to play as cassandra because that's what was in my brain and i'm so glad like after knowing this as well that that was kind of what they were going for which is why um odyssey was obviously a lot better if you would play as as cassandra um, those reporting the change the changes explain the orders were due to directives by the marketing department or chief creative officer Serge Haskoet, who has since stepped down from his role following multiple reports of sexual misconduct and abuse. So now we know that Ubisoft has been going through a wa wave of allegations and, and sexual abuse and abuse and stuff in general as well recently. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping everything is, is uh, uh, the, the fact that everything is coming to light hopefully allows that company to work and make sure all these things are fixed and that employees feel safe you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that stuff like this is out. So hopefully this will allow the people that kind of went through all this to be able to finally work towards, you know, getting better and moving on and being able to feel safe, you know, in their environment. No one should feel scared uh, in their environment, especially in a place they work in. You know, you're working there for for your livelihood. Like, you know, like it's, it's I think that also makes it so much worse that you have to go to work every day to be able to earn a living for your family. And, you know, who knows what your family situation is at that point as well. If you have multiple kids, stuff like that, and, you know, you have to deal with this abuse every day as well. So I'm glad that stuff like this is going out in the open, so, you know, so Ubisoft can work towards making their employees feel safer. Um, this is this is surprising. I mean, 
Yeah, honestly, like the Odyssey one totally makes sense. The just because like I was saying, the Cassandra thing was very obvious that Cassandra's voice acting and everything was way better, and multiple people kept reporting that online as well. Um, with Origin, yeah, that's that's like weird. Like that would have been a really interesting story choice. I wouldn't like that thing. Like I didn't even I like it didn't even seem like that because Aya was such a side character in the entire game, and it's crazy how up till the end it was Aya that was like the main person in Origins. And Jacob and Evie, I like. I really like Syndicate, and I, I I never even paid attention that Jacob and Evie didn't have same screen time, because so many times I would either pay play as Jacob or Evie. Just I would just like love switching both of the styles or whatever. But I never realized that, and that's crazy. Um, and I'm again like this is good that stuff like this is out there. Like it it just shows you that so much of the creative freedom that we think some companies have, they don't actually have. And it's stuff like this that kind of plays a role. And honestly, it makes you wonder about. Uh, you know, obviously Watch Dogs Legion is coming out and it's going to be allowing people to kind of choose and be whoever you want. But with uh, Assassin's Creed Vikings or Valhalla, I don't know why I said Vikings, but like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and that one gives you the option and it allows you, it gives you the option to choose between male or female characters at, at, at on the fly at any point. You can kind of switch between, back and forth at any point, right? So I don't know if that was done like due to this. Uh, if there was some internal like kickback from everyone saying that no, we can't keep you know this is our vision or whatever, or it was again this this whole thing we don't know because it says that it doesn't refer to Valhalla as being affected, but we probably won't know until Valhalla is released that if if it was affected or not, right? That's the thing. So this is yeah, Ubisoft has been going through quite a bit, and you know like this is I mean this is good as finally coming to light. But yeah, like let's see. Uh, I'm 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 glad that stuff like this is out, and Bloomberg is is doing a great job. I I believe Jason Stryer is at Bloomberg now, so he's he's been doing some great reporting and stuff there. Uh, the next one comes from IGN again uh, by Matt Perslow. Spider-Man Miles Morales features optional 4K 60 FPS performance mode. Insomnia Games has announced that Spider-Man Miles Morales Morales. Oh my God, I keep saying that wrong for some reason. Miles Morales will have an optional performance mode enabling 4K resolution and 60 frames per second. With 4K 60 frames per second coming as an optional mode, it seems sensible to presume that some graphical sacrifices will be made from the standard mode in order to enable this boosted performance. With next-gen placing emphasis on resource-intensive tech like ray tracing, it may be that performance mode turns those graphical effects off to free up power and divert that into frame rate. Uh, so this is good, I think, in general. I think, like, give people the option. You know, I think that's the main thing. Like, it, how on PC, even if you, you know, even if you, uh, like, want to run stuff at 144 frames per second, but you don't have, like, an amazing GPU, you can turn stuff down. You can turn stuff down. You can move stuff up and down here and there and kind of help it push all the way up, right? Or at least get close to it. So I, I, I think that's something that consoles have still been suffering with. Um, And, you know, maybe stuff like this will allow it because... I like a lot of people are very like you know they're like no 4k 30 fps beautiful visuals that's all that matters and stuff like that and and like that's fine right that's like that's perfectly fine and games will look good like that but I'm like just give the option like in my case as well like I have a pretty intensive GPU and I'm able to push most stuff uh, pretty high up uh, but there are some games that will hit just maybe six I'm obviously saying just like but again like I have a I have a thousand dollar GPU so it should be hitting at least 60 fps right so it is, it's like hitting just 60 or around 60, even though I can push push it all the way up to 144, right? But like, I like having the option, like I'm like at 60, but I'm like, okay, you know what? If I want to make like Red Dead Redemption, for example, if I want to make this go closer to 90 or whatever, I can at least adjust it so that the visually it still looks good, 
but I can at least get the frame rate up based on my preference and what, what I enjoy and what I like. So I think, I think hopefully this is a step in the right direction. It obviously means that it will still be a closed platform. So, you know, if it, it depends on the developer, they have to add the optional mode. It's not going to be that you can just jump into settings and, and move stuff up and down, but this is a good, good step. So I'm pretty excited to see how this performance mode works in 4k 60 FPS in Spider-Man as well. Like, wow, like that's going to be awesome. Um, this next one, I probably should have brought this up earlier. Um, but yeah, like this next one's coming from MP first by James Lara. Uh, this is Ubisoft talking about their recent conversation about game prices, uh, being $60. So this is speaking during the quarterly Ubisoft earning call. Ubisoft chief executive officer, Yves Guillermo and chief, chief financial officer, Frederick Duguet replied to a question revolving around the increase in the price of next gen titles. And if the company was planning on increasing their prices. Uh, so they, uh, I think this was Yves Guillermo talking. Uh, for the Christmas games, we plan to com come with the same price than the previous generation of consoles, and that's what we focus on at the moment. They didn't classify whether or not they will remain the same price throughout the entire generation of next-gen consoles, as the question was pertaining to the launch window of next-gen. So basically, yeah. So basically, obviously, Yves Guillermo is just saying that, yeah, right now, for this for this Christmas time, we're aiming for the, for the regular $60 price, because we know two of their games are coming out in November. Um... Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legion. So it kind of makes sense that they're like, you know what, we're going to keep it at $60. People didn't have, have the best reaction to NBA 2K21 saying that they're going to be more expensive. So they're going to keep it there. But obviously it, it did keep it open. And it, it does tell you that a lot of these companies are thinking about bumping up their price. And I have my own views about this whole price thing because I've, I've seen so many other people talk about how video games haven't changed in terms of price for a very long time and, and this and that and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but... You know, people's income level, uh, you know, in terms of the increase of their incomes hasn't exactly gone up at the same level. It's the same reason why you look at people who go to university and um, and the amount it costs to go to university and their the income level during that time or the average income. And if you look at that, you can see the 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 graph like for for the university tuition goes up, like has like a huge spike versus the average income level, which is like going up very, very slowly. Right. So you can expect people to like be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be it, it makes sense. It's been off for so long. It makes sense to go to 70. It's like, no, but like people's income level, uh, 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 like along with inflation and other items like food and, you know, housing and stuff like that, that are also like going up in price like crazy. Like all these important things are, are going up like crazy that, you know, you would probably want to get like, you know, water and phone bill and, and electricity and stuff like that that you want to pay for first. Like those prices are going up considerably uh, alongside with inflation. And also, you know, people's incomes aren't like going up at the same same rate. And then you're like, oh, yeah, like video games, it, it makes sense for it to go to $70. Plus, these games will also have other monetization schemes on top of it, as we've seen with FIFA and NBA and stuff like that. So uh, that's that's completely that's just my opinion. I'm not going to like hark on it too much. I can I can dedicate like another uh, full episode to that. But like I, I I don't agree with that. I'm I'm definitely willing to talk to anyone that like can that can kind of work with me and talk to me about it in terms of why they, they actually think uh, it should be seventy dollars. Uh, uh, like you know, considering everyone's income level stuff like that, not having increased at the same rate. Like I'm more than happy to like talk about it to like you know if if it changes my views, it changes my views. But I I just don't think that you can have a game that has extra monetization schemes like uh, you know the whole like lottery system whatever with NBA or the ultimate packs and whatever in FIFA and be like, oh yeah, we're going to also charge you $70 because, you know, 
so that we can do more. It's like, no, if you, if you charge me $70, you need to give me more in the game in a sense, right? You can't be like, it's, it's just, yeah, obviously I can, I get like superheated on this, but yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll talk about it some other time. But of course, uh, if you have any thoughts or anything like that about that, like you can message me. Um, so the next section, this is the next section. I wanted to do something new. I thought this would be cool. It's called memory lane. So it's basically talking about something about my past when it comes to gaming. And I, I think it just kind of made sense with the Xbox games showcase and stuff like that. Um, I want to talk about the launch of Halo 3. So because I just remember this, I think I had just got gotten an Xbox 360 that same year, just a little while back, like maybe like a couple of months back. I remember my first few games were Rainbow Six Vegas, which I loved and Gears of War. Both of those games I really, really liked. I played them like crazy. I, I just couldn't stop playing them. Uh, I think I even got Viva Pinata, but I never really fully, fully like played that. Um, and yeah, of course I played that. And you know, I, I, I remember like the Halo 3 game was coming out and it was, it was so hyped up. Halo 3, like I, I lived in Thailand. So, and even there, like it was so hyped up. Everyone was talking about Halo 3. So like, you know, and, and for most people that don't, don't know, at least like the Xbox brand wasn't super popular in general in in uh, in Thailand and I think most South Asian countries, but like you know even a game like Halo there was being so was like was so big you know and people were talking about it, and I remember like the build up towards it I was like okay I need to find a way to play Halo um and catch up on the story right because I didn't know the story at that point I never had a a proper like Xbox console beforehand so I'm, one of my friends had an Xbox like the OG Xbox and we played Halo on his. Um, on his Xbox, and I remember, I think we played single player. Or did we? I don't even know if you could play multiplayer. I think we played single player. I think we just took turns and we just went through the story just so that I can catch up on the story, and we got through that. And I don't know. Then we. Then I remember playing Halo Two, but I remember playing that co-op with someone again. I don't know if it was on, on the original Xbox on my or on my 360. But again, I played through all of Halo Two to catch up with it, right? And I was like, I I was getting into the story. I was like, wow, this is really cool. I love this universe. I love the whole sci-fi sci-fi opera thing is gonna got going you know this vibe that's got going and i was already like you know so excited about halo 3 i was looking online about people getting excited people playing the game online i think the beta was out already maybe because of crackdown i think uh i think it was like if you buy crackdown you get the beta for free but you know it was, it was being hyped up and i remember like halo 3 came out and it was around the same time i forgot wh why but i think i had like a bunch of my friends over and we, you know we were just hanging out and it was like they were about to come to come to my place on Friday. And I, I think it was the same week that the Halo 3 came out. And I picked up Halo 3. I, I Initially, I think I went a couple of times and they didn't have it. But then like one of the times I went before the Friday, they did have it. I, I brought it back with me. And, you know, like my friends were at home. We were, we were like, we, we like got home. We we're all like chilling, playing video games, stuff like that. And then I was like, yo, we should play Halo 3. Uh, and, you know, and, and um, obviously we were like, we, I think we can play co-op because I feel like we read it or something. And we could play co-op. And what happened was me and my, one of my other friends, we started playing Halo 3, right? We're like, and my other, other, like, it was like, I think four or five of us. So it was like me and one of my other friends, we started playing Halo 3 together. And the other three were like, yeah, we'll just watch. We enjoy watching. And we kept playing. And it, it like, we started like maybe five, 6 PM. And I think maybe by 12 or one, we just kept playing. I remember like, it was like maybe one or maybe even late. I don't know, but like one or 2 a.m we just like finished the game and like i remember we were like right towards the end of the game and one of my other friends was like uh yo can i uh can i also play you know and like, can i get her a try and we're like yo yo one second just one second you know and we kept doing it and we literally i think right after he asked us like 30 or 40 minutes later we did a whole section in hill 3 towards the end where you're on the war thog and you're trying to get into the ship we got to the ship credits rolled and we played the game and we're like 
oh, bro, yeah, sorry, bro, we need the game. But overall, you know, like, that's how excited it was. That's how fun the game was for my friends and I. We literally played that. We finished the campaign in one sitting. Like, it was... It was just so good. It was just so fun. And I just love that game. And I have such great memories with it. And of course, we we jumped into multiplayer. We we started doing like, um, you know, like GoldenEye style for people. Like in the, I, I, it's not like I had, I didn't have like a, a huge HD TV or anything like that in my room. I had like a, one of those, you know, tiny 24 inch, uh, huge, uh, you know, thick butt TVs or whatever. Uh, you know, and like I, I, like our screen was so tiny. We we're like literally squinting at the screen, but it was so fun because we were all like you know looking at each other's screen, trying to kill each other, and and sometimes we we're working with the other other person, or whatever. Like it was so fun, and like I, I, I kind of like it just kind of came to me, I guess, when I was thinking about Halo Infinite and Halo Infinite's launch because I was like looking at it as the same way that like I haven't felt that sort of excitement for a Halo game since Halo Three. Because Halo 3 ODST came out after that, Halo Reach came out after that, Halo 4, Halo 5, you know, the Halo Wars games. But I'm like, you know, nothing really felt like that big. Uh, even Master Chief Collection and stuff when that came out, it wasn't that big. You know, and I was like, uh, like I, I just kind of like went back to it and think in my brain, I'm like, wow, like what a, what a time that was when Halo was literally on top of the world. Like I could not imagine because Call of Duty was kind of starting up that exact year when Halo 3 came out. So like in my brain, I was like, like, you know, Call of Duty wasn't a big thing at that point, but Halo 3 was up at the top. Halo 3 was, like, the biggest thing possible, you know, other than Mario and stuff. And, like, you know, like, to, to see where it is now and, like, for everyone hoping, you know, please, Halo Infinite, be the one. Be the one to bring Halo back to what it was. It's crazy. Just a 13-year difference, you know? Like, that's how much uh, of a big thing it is. And I just remember, like, Halo 3, I remember, like, you know, just... um kind of going through so many of those sections, especially some of the open world-ish sections uh, with, with my friend, because my friend has a, have a very, has a very bad habit of always focusing on finding weapons or finding new things or like just exploring everywhere. And I'm the one that's kind of dealing with the enemies. And by the time I'm done with the enemies, he's also done looking for stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, it would be great if you could help me with this. And, you know, I, I do wish looking back, I, I feel like I should have kind of alternated with my friends and let them also play but hey whatever man i i enjoy the game i think my friend enjoyed the game too we you, you can't it's hard to kind of keep switching around hill 3 was just that good you know so i just kind of wanted to talk about that that was like one of my favorite memories i think on my xbox 360 was just playing halo 3 the the day i got it all night like all like evening to into the night and finishing the campaign in one setting um you know uh, one setting sorry so I think like if anyone has any memory lane kind of things related to Halo, anything like that, any like nostalgic stuff, like please email me. I can like obviously talk about it or I'll, I'll even talk about it on, on Instagram and stuff like that. I, I, I love to hear other people's experience with Halo 3, Halo or in general, not Halo 3, but like just Halo in general because Halo 3 was for me my first step into the Halo franchise. Like obviously I played Halo 1 and 2 before that, but I played it in the same year Halo 3 was coming out just to prepare for it. So like I would love to like know uh, what everyone else like what their best memory of Halo is and what you expect from Halo Infinite you know and what you want from the for the new game so now we'll move on to what I have been playing uh Ghost of Tsushima I've been playing that a lot I love that game I can I can spend so much time into that game I'm just exploring I'm just enjoying I'm just loving every moment I'm just loving the scenery the characters the action oh my god this game is so good this game like I said is right now my game of the year um Unless it does something really, really horrible, I don't see it not being my game of the year. So, like, I think, that, you know, I, I can just put that out there too. But I'm so excited. I'm so happy that this game exists. I'm so glad Sucker Punch came out swinging and they were like, yeah, 
we know we made infamous we made fly cooper but look at what we can do now we're we're no different than gorilla games or naughty dog we can make up make amazing games with amazing stories and amazing gameplay as well so i'm i'm loving this game i'm really enjoying it uh, i'm gonna keep playing it and obviously i'll talk about i'll talk more about it as i get more in depth with the game i don't know how far i am because like there's just so much to do in that game that I just i just get lost in the world but of course i'll kind of bring it up uh, at some point in terms of you know how, how long it took me to beat it and stuff like that later um the other thing of course i've been playing hyperscape um if anyone's been watching me on my twitch channel at amandaman um i've been playing hyperscape here and there and it, it's really fun especially when i play with my friend sebi uh, when we play online together it's really fun uh, just playing with friends and stuff in general is, is a lot better for a game like that um overall the game has kind of lost me in in a sense like i i don't I, initially there was this urge to go back and keep playing it but now i feel like that urge has kind of gone almost it's not really there uh, maybe i'm just maybe it's just me with uh, battle royale games because i usually play play battle royale games and i play it like quite extensively for a while and then i kind of just fall off of it and i think that's what's happening with hyperscape i've been playing that for a while i've been playing that on stream and now like there's nothing that's like urging me to go back on and play hyperscape you know um especially because i have another game that i'm playing and that is more multiplayer focused that i i'm enjoying a lot more um but i hope i hope they add more stuff to it or something or you know just i don't know just make it a little different i feel like that's the problem like if i have if i wasn't able to get into apex or fortnite or call of duty warzone like getting into hyperscape is just like you're gonna uh, gonna be as hard basically I, it's just it's just hard to pull someone in who's not really into battle royale games to begin with but who knows if they do something new with it i might still jump in and just try it out and, and see what it's all about the other one of course is halo i've been playing halo 5 on my xbox and halo master chief collection um on master chief collection more more uh I, I i like playing halo reach a lot more and um halo 4 um it's weird because i know a lot of people have a, a, a lot more affinity or a lot more of love towards you know the halo one two three yeah halo one two three yeah i think those three basically when it comes to the online aspect of it right for certain because i didn't grow up with those right i didn't grow up playing halo one and two online and halo three as well i remember i would just play with my friends would come over in um in like split screen mode and stuff i would i would not really go online it was it wasn't until like halo reach and and actually more than that halo four that i would actually play that game online so for me, like playing Halo Reach or Halo 4 online on the Master Collection or even Halo 5, I actually love Halo 5 online. And I don't know if this, uh, people will hate me for this, but I love, I actually like Halo 5 online and the gameplay of Halo 5 online or like multiplayer and everything a lot more than Halo Reach and Halo 4. So like I've been trying to play Master Collection in general just because, you know, it's like it was a kind of like Halo week almost because of the Xbox games event. Um, but like, you know, like I played it, I'm like, okay, this is really fun. I play on my PC as well. But then when I went to Halo 5, I'm like, okay, I'm really enjoying this. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to play Halo 5 now. So I just deleted Halo Master Collection off of my PC and I'm just playing Halo 5 on my on my Xbox. But I'm like I'm really liking it because I mean, the good thing is because I'm liking Halo 5 multiplayer, I know I'm going to really like Halo Infinite because you can see that they did carry over a lot of that gameplay, a lot of the uh, a lot of the small small things that they added in the gameplay over time they're going to carry that over from halo 5 to halo infinite so i know for a fact that i'm going to really really enjoy halo infinite's multiplayer which is a good thing so i'm pretty excited for halo infinite you know especially that i think that's one of the reasons i wanted to play halo 5 because i'm like okay let's be honest if, if i'm going to be playing halo 2 anniversary edition or halo 3 this is going to be not like because that was bungie right bungie made that they're going to gameplay stuff ca carries over but obviously they 
You know, it still it still feels a little different when three four three kind of came into uh, making the Halo fra- Halo franchise. So, you know, I I like really enjoyed um, Halo Reach and Halo Three and everything like that. And I could go back and keep playing those. But if I want to prepare myself for Halo Infinite, I do need to play Halo Five. You know, in a way like in terms of multiplayer and stuff like that. So I'm pretty excited for it. I'm gonna keep playing Halo Five. And if anyone wants to play Halo Five with me, you know, message me. I'm I'm always playing that game. I'm I just jump in like a couple of matches here and there. I don't play Warzone as much. I just play the ra- just ra- uh, regular social um, social games. Uh, I don't do ranked either, just because I'm not like that good. You know, I, I in social at least I can I can keep my myself in like the top two or so. But ranked, I'm I'm never I'm never like able to kind of ha- manage myself. I mean, this, if I can go play ranked matches in Rainbow Six uh, Rainbow Six Siege that much, like don't expect me to be able to play play something like that in Halo either. Uh, the next one, oh my god, this has honestly become one of my favorite games so quickly, and that is Sea of Thieves. And I played it for the first time through Game Pass on my PC. Again, this is why Game Pass is so good. But through Game Pass on PC, I played this with my friend Sebi, who also has Game Pass on PC, and we streamed it. And it was just us two playing it together. And the mission structure is very simpler. You know, Sea of Thieves, it's just about you, you, you choose a pirate, you become a pirate and stuff, and you go out and you, you know, depending on the mission you choose, you either find a treasure chest, bring it back, get money for it. You um, kill certain enemies, uh, you get like certain rewards for that, or you can deliver stuff to people or, or to things, right? Or whatever. And you get rewards for that. And you basically level stuff up, kind of like, kind of like Destiny where you level up for, uh, you know, your Vanguard class or or um, Warlock, stuff like that. You know, like how you ha- you can level that up and, you know, if you keep leveling it up, you can you get better equipment, better this, better mission, stuff like that. Um, it's kind of like that basically with Sea of Thieves. And that wasn't the, the, the gameplay and stuff is fine. It, that's like fun and everything like that. The fun aspect is how engaging it is that, you know, when you're, you're on a boat, you're on like the ship, not a boat, but you're on a ship and, you know, you have to manage with your teammate to uh, first decide, de- determine where you need to go. So there's no like, you know, there's no like waypoint or anything like that. You have to decide, you have to fi- look at like your clues and see where you need to go. And then, you know, if someone needs to kind of be looking at the map and tell you we need to go northeast, you need to go northwest, stuff like that. You know, then you need to like, you know, up the anchor, you need to uh, set the sail length, stuff like that. You need to change stuff around. One person's going to be, uh, you know, saying the boat. One person can be on the lookout to make sure that we have no enemies. And when I mean enemies, there'll be just other players with their groups or pe- of people just roaming around and doing their own things. And, you know, we've had uh, encounters with some of them. Some of them were nice. Some of them were not nice, you know, and it, it's just so fun. And I played that once with Sebi and then I played it again with him and two of my other friends, like my friend Frank, who was also on the stream before and also Silvana. And like, you know, we all played all four of us together in one ship and it was so fun and we had such a great time and it was just so fun, you know, playing that game together and, I was. I remember I was saying Silvana this the other day, Silvana or Saf Silv. I was telling her the other day. I'm like, you know, I have Ghost of Tsushima and I'm loving this game, but I just want to play Sea of Thieves. But obviously, the, I think the main problem that a lot of people face with Sea of Thieves and even now is that it is it just doesn't hold up when you play alone. You do need to play this game with someone, and that's something that I also realized after playing this. Right, I think like. That's the only issue because not everyone has like gamer friends, right? And even if you like, and not everyone is that extroverted or whatever, you know, like some people are just shy. They don't want to go online and look for groups and, you know, get on the, on a, on a chat with them, especially if they don't know them. Right. So that's why it's like, I I feel like that way it does limit uh, like to a lot of the people who are fortunate enough to have a group of friends that enjoy gaming. In my case, I have group of friends who are into gaming, but they were, they never had a game pass or whatever. Right. It was just perfect time where Frank just built his PC. So he has, he was able to get game pass on his PC. 
Um, uh, Sebi is also into Game Pass. I'm also into Game Pass more recently as well, right? Like in 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 mine and his case. Um, for SAS sales, I set her up on my Xbox so that so like I, we made like a separate account for her. We started like a whole new thing. You know, got Xbox Game Pass for her on her new account and set her up on my Xbox because you can crossplay with Xbox and PC. And like we we just started playing like that. And it was all four of us playing together, and it was honestly the the most fun we've had. And I'm I'm after them again and again because I'll I'll be I'll be I won't be able to stream uh, or or anything like that for a, a couple of days. I'll be back on Thursday. So I was like telling them I'm like as soon as we're back on Thursday, please let's play Sea of Thieves or Friday or Saturday or Sunday. Like just let's just do it. I just want to do this again, and it's so fun. So I'm really excited uh, for Sea of Thieves and what that brings. I'm I'm you know, and of course anyone like I said. For all the games I mentioned, if anyone ever wants to play these games with me, you can always message me. Message me or like email me or even message me on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm more than like, trust me, like you can just message me at any point and we'll we'll talk about it and we can set something up where you can join our pirate crew and stuff like that. And it, it is so fun. Um, and of course, other than that, I've also been streaming uh, Ori and the World of the Wisp. Uh, I'm actually enjoying this a lot more than the first one. Uh, I, I still haven't gone too deep into it. I'm only like two hours in. But yeah, I'm streaming that as well. So like I'm taking a break from God of War for a bit just because I, my PS4 is out in my living room where I am playing Ghost Tsushima. So right now I want to play Tsushima, finish that off. Once I'm done with that game, then I'll bring the PS4 back into my PC and set everything up so I can stream God of War again. Uh, but like I, I think it was also good. I can get a break from God of War for a bit and just focus on playing games that I, you know, I, I like I just I'm just excited about playing at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think we can call it call it a, a, an episode there. Uh, like I was saying. Please message me on Instagram or Twitter or my email. All the links are there. My Instagram is AmandaManGames. My email is AmandaManGames at gmail.com. So you can email me anything, you know, like in terms of any questions you had or any any um, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to discuss. And also, if you want to join me in any of these games like Hyperscape, Sea of Thieves, Halo, uh, you know, I, nothing else is popping in my mind right now. Rainbow Six Siege. You know, I know Uday who joined one of my streams recently. Uh, he was on the stream uh, just watching the other day and he was he, he was into Rainbow Six Siege and I, I also kind of suggested that he can also join us and play with us. So I'm more than happy to get people, get viewers and people who listen to this podcast are um, active on, on Instagram with me and engage with me on Instagram to join in like more than willing because that's kind of the whole thing I want to do. I want to make sure that everyone has a community and everyone is able to get to know each other. Uh, you know, I understand if someone is shy, someone someone is extroverted, whatever, you know, the main thing is it's a very inclusive community and I want to be able to create a community where everyone can just message each other and be like, hey, let's start playing this game. Let's play this. Let's play that. Let's do that. You know, so again, like message me. Uh, all my links and everything will be in the description and I will see you again this week when I talk to Julian about the Xbox Games Showcase. So thank you so much, everyone, and I will see you next time. Bye.